Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. And that was spoken about in 1 Kings eleven thirteen. Here's a promise. God said, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. He says, I'm going to show the whole world who I am, and that's right where I'm going to do it right there. So when God makes a promise, he keeps it. Even if he spoke it centuries ago, long back when everybody forgot. Oh, that was a long time ago. Come on. He's still holding it. Friends, you know what? I have been to Jerusalem several times and you know what it's still there and there's still jews walking around (laughs) okay that's proof that god keeps his promises and he never forgets the promises that he makes and he always upholds them because he has the power to do it again when god says call upon the name of the lord and you will be saved do you think you might be saved or you probably or what you're gonna be saved because he can hold it up It's not based on you. God said, I will do this because of two things, my reputation and because of the promise I made. It's not based on you. So when we call upon the name of the Lord, he says, I'll save you. It's nothing about anything you can do. He says, because I promised it and because it's my rep, then I'll do it. Isn't that great? You can't blow it. (laughs) You can't ruin it. 2 Kings 19.35, and it came to pass on a certain night Here comes the ready to rumble. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed. You think so? I'm out of here, Mr. Macho Man. He's running. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. He ain't coming back. God said, you ain't coming in this town. Look, he left, just as he said. So the Assyrian army, they were camped out against Jerusalem. They were waiting to hear Hezekiah go, okay, I'm sorry, I give up. Now, Okay, well, let's go in now. They were waiting, like probably out on a hill somewhere, within view of Jerusalem, real close. But <clears throat> they were ready to attack at the word of the king. But when they woke up, and this is what's interesting, when they woke up, 185,000 of their own were dead everywhere. There's just dead bodies all over the place. Now, I am led to believe from reading this that this was not a loud, clankety, clankety, scream and holler and chaotic fight. And the reason I believe that. Uh, I don't think there was shouting and swords and all that. I, I don't think this was a physical, tangible fight. This battle was entirely spiritual. It was waged by the angel of the Lord. Because it says when the people woke up, they found them dead. 
See, if this had been a battle, it had woke everybody up. So this was a silent sweep here that went through that killed all these guys, I, be- I believe. And the survivors didn't know anything had happened. They were sleeping away like normal. And they didn't know nothing happened until they woke up. Now, how do you sleep through this? Unless it was quiet. But it was not physical. It was not tangible. It was entirely spiritual. So they woke up and saw the corpses everywhere. 2 Kings 19.37, Now it came to pass, as he was worshiping, look at him, still at it, as he was worshiping in the temple of Nisroch, his God, that his sons Adramelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Then Ereshaddon, his son, reigned in his place. So guys, look at the downright ignorance of King uh, Sennacherib here. He was caught in the very act of rejecting God worshiping his false god right up to the very end of it of it all he he just hated the lord god with everything he had he rejected the lord and he had proved his complete and total disregard for the lord the man just would not turn he just wouldn't do it and that pains me when i share the gospel with people they just won't turn me and anna were sharing with a girl at the uh, heb grocery store line the other day you know jesus and no i don't do that stuff i don't she she was smiling and happy and we thought oh yeah she she's happy she'll listen boy she um, no don't want it don't just won't turn they got their own little gods they worship their their money or their whatever it is their career all that stuff they just don't want god and this man just would not turn even after all this and he ran away from jerusalem he's back with his god I mean, wouldn't you be, you'd think the guy would be in his temple going, hey, Nisroch, whatever your name is, why didn't you help me in Jerusalem? Why didn't you do something? No, he's over there worshiping him. Ignorant, all the way around. Wouldn't turn. And you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, it's my life. When I tell them the gospel, it's my life. I can do whatever I want to, you know. And that's, that's correct. You, you, you can do whatever you want to, but you've got to understand that rejecting the Lord means he does not have to protect you either. He does not have to provide for you. As a matter of fact, the way he woke me up was by taking things away from me. And he took a lot away from me. I was down to nothing. I could tell you about that story sometime. It's pretty rough. But he didn't have to protect him. Just like Sennacherib chose to reject God's protection, he could have had it. Do you realize even Sennacherib could have had God's protection and provision? He could have. But because he refused, he was killed by an assassination plot. He was killed. The Lord could have spared him, but the man just wasn't going to turn. He had his time, and it was an assassination plot set up by his own sons. And even beyond that, something I want you to think about. Consider that the Lord could have killed Sennacherib during the night along with his army, but he didn't. He still gave the man another shot to turn around and get right. Do you see the mercy he gave this guy? Everybody's too quick to say, oh, look, he killed him. How did God so mean? Look at all the chances he gave the man to wake up and turn around. He could have had him killed in the night with his army, but the Lord spared him. And, but this time, though, when he was worshiping his God his, in his temple, the Lord God had him die in a much more disgraceful way He was murdered by those closest to him. Think about it. If Sennacherib had been killed on the battlefield, at least people could have honored him with valor. Well, he went down in battle. He fought for us, and they would have held him up. But he didn't die like that. 
He died by his own sons? What a disgraceful way to go. He died from assassination, people closest to him, right under the nose of the false god that was supposed to protect him. And I think the reason why the Lord God had him killed in that temple, I think the Lord made a very big statement against all false gods. He died right in front of his false god that had no power to do anything about it so that people could realize, you know what, this false god business is dangerous. We better cut it out. And we better listen to the Lord God of Israel. So I hope you can see that the manner and the location of Sennacherib's death, it became an amplifier to answer Hezekiah's prayer when Hezekiah asked, Lord, show the whole world that you alone are God. King Sennacherib died in front of his own false God. Don't you think that's going to send out a message? Of course it will. Isaiah 44 verse 6 says, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And people try to argue with you, you just slap Isaiah 44 6 in their face. There's not anything else. Well, I have Allah, or I have this, or I have that, I've got Buddha, whatever. There is no God besides the Lord God of Israel. Now, you know, false God worship it corrupted Sennacherib's thinking which still happens today. And it also caused him to become very, very proud. Look at all the nations I have conquered. I am just so awesome. You got everybody doing that today. That's why we worship celebrities, because they've done it all. Oh, if I could be like them. They've conquered everything. They got all the money. And they brag about it too. They'll tell you how much money they got. And these... These people get proud and like Sennacherib, look at all the nations I conquered. I did whatever I wanted. I'm so tough. Sennacherib had no idea that he was a paper champion being used to glorify the very God that he hated. Did you know that unbelievers in their hatred of God working against God are still glorifying him? You just got to see it from the right angle. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. What is humble? What is humility? It's just getting low. It's like, it's like I said, you know, I started on April 1st. I'm just a fool. But the more incapable I am and the more God does with this ministry, the more you're going to say, God did it, not me. If I came in a super realtor with millions of dollars and I threw in on this building and I had all this resources and said, look what I've done, you could probably believe that. Yeah, look what Ray did. You know I didn't do any of this, right? God did it. Takes me out of the equation. Thank God. I'm just a mouthpiece standing up here talking, doing the best I can. So I had asked this question uh, on social media about have you ever wondered why some people seem to get away with everything? You know, there's a lot of people. They're out there pulling the levers levers today. They're the powerful guys scaring us all. Why do they get away with everything? I'm sure all those conquered nations wondered why Sennacherib was allowed to get away with so much. How do they get away with it? He got all the breaks. He had all the riches, all the victories. Why does it seem like good things come so easy for some people and it's so hard for me? You ever wonder that? Why does it work that way? Well, I'm going to show you a Bible verse that no prosperity preacher will ever dare speak from his pulpit. Oh, show me that one. Ecclesiastes 2.26 says, 
For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. Whoa. You ever catch a prosperity preacher running that verse, you bring it to me and show it to me, I'll take you out to dinner. You're not going to see it. That's a, that's a stiff one. So have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all? How are they always so far ahead? Why do things seem to always just come to them? It may very well be that even though they're prideful, like Sennacherib was, even though they seem to have everything going their way, they have all of it. I've got to scratch my way through life. How do they get it so easy? It could be that the Lord is using their pride to make them as collectors. He may be using them as collectors doing all that work that believers don't have time to do. They're out there trying to promote Jesus, not themselves. And God says, you know, when you need money, when it comes time that you need some funding, i got plenty of collectors doing all that work for you. I'll take it from them and stick it in your lap. I'll give it to you. You don't need to be worried about the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. How come they get everything? How come they've got it so easy? Don't worry about that. You just do what God told you to do, and you pray that God give you the provision you need. He's got plenty of collectors out there ready to chop them off and say, here you go. That's what that verse says. When the time is right, God can spring some sort of trigger event on his collectors to where they'll fall like Sennacherib did. They're going to fall down and whatever they had, all the work they collected up, some of it landed in your pocket would be an answer to your prayer. Just like Sennacherib's fall was a direct answer to Hezekiah's prayer. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about all the people that are further ahead than you. They may be collectors. You don't want to be in that category. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. 1 John 5, 14, Hezekiah asked and he got it. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, he hears us. Did I miss something? Did I skip something? That if we ask anything, he hears us. I skipped something. You better call me out on that. We're here according to the word of the Lord. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You do not have the right to ask God for anything. It has to be according to his will. The name it claim. Oh, just ask the Lord and I'll get it. Is it according to his will? Hezekiah's pr- prayer was not just, oh, Lord, make sin a cherub fall. I don't like him. Make him fall. I, I hate that guy. That's not all it was. Hezekiah's prayer was in accordance with God's will because it was God's will for Judah to be saved. We have to learn to pray according to God's will because if you don't know what God's will even is, and a lot of people don't, they're not reading God's word. They don't know the first thing about God. They would hear the sermon and go, oh, I can't believe God would have laid out all these nations to be trampled on. That's not like God. I'm sorry, but it was in the book. He did it. Well, that's not my God. Well, you made up another one. Not the one in the Bible. We have to know what God's word is so that we know how to pray according to his will. If you don't know what God's will is, then your prayers will be misused to serve your own agenda. Now, one thing that is God's will is to protect and to restore all those who belong to him. That includes you. God offers the promise 
Not just to restore and prosper Judah, but also to promise and prosper you. And here it is, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you probably be saved. You will. Those on the radio, listen to me. It doesn't say probably. It says you will be saved. And that's comforting to know. But if life is all about you, and a lot, for a lot of people it is, it's all about me, it's all about your endeavors and your goals and your thoughts, even if you're really good at what you do, and I got the bank account to prove it, I'm good at what I do, so it must be from God. Uh, I don't know about that. You might be a collector. Be careful. Even if you're real good at what you do, if you have pride in your great, oh, look at me accomplishments, like old Sennacherib was like, then the Lord God is in opposition to you because Scripture says that he opposes the proud. So don't think for a minute that your vast success is proof of how awesome you are. It could be that you're nothing more than a paper champion and that God is using your pride to glorify himself at your own personal loss when the Lord takes it away to give it all to someone else who is faithful to him, who will use it for God's glory instead of you using it for yours. Be careful which side of that line you're on. So I got to ask you, do you spend your days looking for ways to glory in yourself or do you look for ways to glorify the Lord? Every day when you get up, Christian, you should be looking for ways to glorify the Lord with what you have, what you're good at, what you're not good at, your flaws and your strengths. You should be looking for how can I glorify the Lord with this today rather than how do I make myself look more awesome? How do I look more compelling how do i look more believable to my coworkers so that i can get that big raise and i get all the advancement guys we're supposed to be putting ourselves low let god raise you up make your choice today i pray you're not in stubborn rejection of god like sin and was it's not all about you now one last point i want to bring in before we close up just because i found a little way to squeeze it in was <clears throat> the difference in how sin was assassinated from how his army was killed there's a difference. Sennacherib was killed physically by a sword, but his entire army, I believe, they were killed spiritually without ever waking anybody up. It was very different in the way they were killed. So that leads me to believe it was a spiritual battle, not a physical one on the army, but Sennacherib was killed physically. It was probably loud. He probably screamed. If anybody was sleeping nearby, it would have woke him up. Very different. We need to remember how we fight our battles. We do not fight physically with other people. We don't get on social media and go to war with everybody and you're an idiot and I don't like you and, I, and, and we don't get into all that back and forth accusation talk. We don't fight like that. We fight spiritually. Ephesians 6 12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts which is armies spiritual armies of wickedness in the heavenly places that's how we fight so I want you to consider the difference in how Sennacherib's army died Versus how Sennacherib died. They died in very different ways. You decide which side of that fence you're on. If you're fighting with people, you're always in turmoil. You, you know what really gets me is people that go, I hate drama. I hate drama. They seem to always be in drama. 
You ever notice that? So I always tell them the best way to be out of drama is to be out of drama. They just are programmed to stay in it. That's not the life of a Christian, friends. That's not what we're supposed to be. We fight against the spiritual. It's very, very different. But pride is what will make you want to fight the world. My reputation, not God's. Oh, he insulted me. How dare him? I'm going to war. Our fight is in the spiritual. Our conflict is with spiritual things. You need to know God's will for you. You need to know where your battles are. And you also need to know where your battles are not. Don't get caught up in the wrong battles. It'll take you down a bad path. And so Hezekiah's battle was not with Sennacherib. Did y'all notice that? His direct battle was not with Sennacherib. He left that fight up to the Lord God. He said, Lord, you deal with this man. Only you can. Amen. I know my voice didn't help today, but I did my best. Father, we thank you for your word today in 2 Kings 19. Lord, forgive us for our arrogant pride that we all have. Lord, deal with us. Lord, tonight we go home and read the Bible some. We don't just get our Bible from Sunday. That's not enough. We need to know your will. Lord, I ask that anybody in here today that is caught up in some problems, caught up in drama, caught up in battles with somebody, that you give it to them to just let it go. They're not going to win. But you can win. We'll take this up spiritually, Lord God, not physically. We thank you, Lord God, that you restore We thank you, Lord God, that you have established us as your people. And Lord, I was once a paper champion myself. That's how I got my testimony. You let me go through things, terrible, tough things, trials that you facilitated. And it doesn't sound right, Lord God, but I know that you did it. You set me up for these these terrible things to happen, in a sense, because I had to wake up. I wasn't paying attention to you. You had to rattle me out of it. Now I thank you that you did, because now I'm in your covenant. Now I have your binding, loving promise on me. Lord, I pray for those that are out there today going through tough times, that they realize it's because you have facilitated opposition against their pride because they have rejected you. Lord, may they wake up and realize you love them and that you want to provide for them. Lord, I pray for anyone listening today. They realize this. Now it's time for me to get right. Lord, forgive me my sin. I give you my life. You're Lord. That means you're the boss. Thank you and take over. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here and uh, hope you come in, you go out better than you came in. And, uh, you know, this really forces you to look at yourself, right? And uh, where am I at in all this stuff? Have I been trusting the Lord like I should? You know, I have to admit, I'll be the first one and tell you, I, I kind of haven't. And I need, to, I need to straighten that up, just pure and simple. Y'all come walk with me in that, amen? Father, I'm going to turn your people loose today. We're going to go out and straighten a few things up. We ask you, Lord, to guide us all in the things we need to get right. And uh, that we don't walk with pride. But we learn how to consult with you and let you fight our battles for us. Thank you for restoring us and being patient with a bunch of messed up sinners that you happen to love. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for coming to get us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.